Hey guys, it's Ken. Hey, before we get started, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Dynamic Duel Podcast as they are our sponsors for this podcast. Uh, without them, we definitely wouldn't be here, so we want to give a great thanks and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Max Destruction Podcast. This is Matt Kevlar, and I'm joined by Beef Steak. Yeah, no, not really. Uh, those are from uh, 2008's BuzzFeed, who you would be as an action hero in the 80s names. Uh, really, this is Ken, uh, and I am joined with my buddy, Adam. Uh, this podcast is very much like the Dynamic Duel, where you took two people from DC and Marvel, and you threw them at each other, and you tried to figure out who would win. And then math would tell you who really won, which is stupid. Uh, we all know who would actually win it, um, but we're going to go with it anyways. So like that, we're going to take two action heroes from the cinematic universe, and that's across all cinema. Uh, and we're going to put them in the same kind of situation where these two people show up, don't really know anything about each other, and they're going to fight. Um, again, I'm here with Adam, so I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to him, uh, and then I'll introduce myself afterwards. Adam. All right, Ken, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's an honor to be with you on yet another Ken Johnson podcast. Uh, very excited about this one because, you know, I'm also good friends and a patron of the Dynamic Duel podcast. And so I love their format. But so many times I want to be like, well, what would happen if this person from this movie fought this other person? And they stick to comics. They stick to only Marvel DC comics. So I'm excited to see where some of these beefcakes are going to be hitting each other and how they're going to take out and who's going to win uh, ultimate glory. So as uh, you mentioned, I am Adam Spees. I am from the blast from our past podcast, the throwback trivia takedown po podcast and the Cartwright to Seinfeld podcast. So I've got a lot of podcasts uh, because I think I am uh, an expert at everything. And that's why I think you put me on here because I know everything about everything. Well, you know what? If there's one thing I do know, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that's why you put me on this podcast. <laughs> correct. That that is very correct. Uh, and, and Adam is has been kind of my the the Jedi to my Padawan when it comes to this whole podcasting thing. So uh, if you guys have any problems with it, go ahead and blame him. Uh, oh, yeah. Regard because obviously I can't be wrong. This is my fucking podcast. So um, again, my name is Ken Johnson. I have been uh, a valued listener and patron of both the dynamic duel and the blast from our past podcast uh previously i've done the you call those tactics podcast mm -hmm. where as a active duty service member i take military movies and just eviscerate them uh <laughs> in their tactics uh honestly i i really love doing that but what i really really love doing is taking two 80s action heroes and throwing them against each other and seeing who would win so adam as Adam kind of uh, hit on, we're going to be doing our inaugural episode with one of, if not one of the most, but definitely probably one of the best uh, fan fiction fights there has been when it comes to 80s beefcakes. And that would be Alan Duck Schaefer from Predator, aka Arnold Schwarzenegger, versus Rambo, aka Sly Stallone. So in this podcast, what we like to do is 
try to go as realistic as possible because uh if not, then there's really no point in trying to put these guys into a model uh, and, and seeing how they would fight. Uh, in that, we are going to break down each of the characters' histories, but a little different than what you may have heard from the Dynamic Duel guys. We like to call this segment the Tale of the Coconut Oil. Because everybody knows what does a bodybuilder need? Cocoa oil. Really gets the muscles glistening, right? Um, so we'll go ahead and start off with uh, Adam, because he is the guest, obviously, uh, and he's going to give us a little bit of a backstory and really the, the statistics that matter. So think of it like tail of the tape with boxing and UFC. Mm-hmm. All right. So as you said, Alan Dutch Schaefer uh, played Barry Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie Predator. He's 6'2", 240 pounds at the rank of major. A little quick bio about him. In his school days, Dutch had been a football star. He went on to serve in the Vietnam War alongside close friend Alan Dillon. You son of a bitch. Sorry, I had to say that. Uh, Seeing action in Da Nang. Uh, At one point during the war, Dutch was captured and brutally tortured by the Viet Cong. The prolonged interrogation eventually caused him to become resistant to pain. Following the Vietnam War, he served in various commando units. In 1980, Dutch left the United States Army and set up his own private military company, mainly recruiting other U.S. Army personnel. Dutch's team saw operations in Angola, Cambodia, Lebanon, and Afghanistan. A notable condition of employment for Dutch and his men was that they only ever operate as a rescue team. We're a rescue team, not assassins! Uh, Sorry, I got excited. That's a great, great Arnold impersonation, Adam. (laughs) It's not. That's a lie. (laughs) That was a lie. Uh, and he refused to take on any uh, missions where the primary objective was the elimination of enemy personnel. And in 1987, Dutch and his men were deployed to Canto Mana uh, or Mania uh, in Central America for what he was told would be a rescue mission, but became pure survival. Within 24 hours, a mysterious creature killed his entire team, leaving just Dutch and a surviving unarmed female gorilla alive. When he accidentally covered himself in wet mud, he unintentionally rendered himself invisible to the predator's thermal thermal vision. Using this knowledge, Dutch prepared to take on the creature, eventually mortally wounding it, leading it to set a self-destruct device. Dutch narrowly escaped the encounter. His traits, he has extensive experience in military, uh, he which has made him a gruff and battle-hardened a fighter. Dutch was a lethal combatant, both aggressive and inventive, often improvising and adaptive, Uh, adapting to great effect physically he possessed incredible prowess able to lift huge weights single-handed although he was still no match for the predator in unarmed combat Uh, his equipment that he usually brings dutch carried an original model ar-15 sp1 slab side m16 rifle fitted with an m203 grenade launcher as his primary weapon he also had a holstered imi desert eagle mark one as a backup sidearm and dutch carries an array of m67 hand grenades M18A1 claymores and satchel charges, as well as large combat and as, lo- as well as a large combat machete. After losing um, virtually all of his equipment, though, Dutch still was able to construct a rudimentary bow and arrow from materials found in the forest, alongside with an array of um, deadly booby traps, uh, all from the things he had around him. So, yes, he is uh, deadly with whatever he can find. To include his muscles. <laughs> so that's right. Definitely... He's got two guns at all times. I guarantee you. <laughs> uh, yeah, nineteen what eighty seven, nineteen eighty five was in the when the movie was made. Yeah, yeah eighty seven. Peak Arnold, right? So it they, is. They, it's it. You don't get any bigger or badder than Arnold Schwarzenegger, except for maybe 
my combatant. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, right. Uh, so for mine, uh, Tale of the Coconut Oil really brings the jacked and tanned version of John James Rambo. Uh, it was played by Sylvester Stallone throughout the entire Rambo franchise, which I think is on like Rambo 9, where he's going to take over the uh, old folks home uh, <laughs> next. Right. So coming in slightly shorter uh, than uh, Dutch at 510 uh, and definitely on the slimmer side, which I'm going to go with gives him a little bit more speed, considering Arnold can't wipe his own ass at this point. He has somebody for that. Uh, Rambo was 197 pounds at this point, right? Uh, and he topped rank at uh, Army Captain, which I think is pretty interesting. Again, I'm going to kind of go aside a little bit. Again, I, as a as a active duty service member, seeing these guys' backstories, it's pretty interesting to see where the the writers of both of these characters took uh information from this same conflict of vietnam uh and then really kind of intertwined what the what the realistic skills would be for a special operator at the time uh mm -hmm. so going into the biography of rambo so rambo actually was born uh in bowie arizona so at, just like me an arizona native uh to a navajo mother and a german italian father so not just is he a stallion because he <laughs> works on a horse ranch but he's an italian stallion mm. uh thank you uh the ran the rambos were quite poor leading to ultimately to john's mother's death uh john's father reeve uh became a heavy drinker and very abusive john took solace on the local navajo reservation learning from its elders uh the skills of camouflage hunting and the use of the bow and the hunting knife hmm, wonder if that's going to come up later uh Rambo enlisted in the U.S. Army at the age of 17, uh, and on August 6, 1964, uh, although it states that Rambo was drafted, he actually uh, enlisted uh, on his own after graduating from uh, Rangeford High School. Uh, his uh, service in Vietnam started in September of 1966. He returned uh, in 1967 uh, after his brief his first deployment as a normal infantryman and actually started training with the U.S. Special Forces uh, units in Fort Bragg under Colonel Samuel Troutman. Uh, this leads definitely into the first movie, uh, ju but just so everybody is aware, First movie, Stallone Rambo would not stand a chance at all against no. Predator Ram. Uh, Predator no, he was too. He was scared he hiding was in a way cave. Too, way too small. So I'm going with First Blood Part Two. Uh, Rambo, mm -hmm. he's a little bit more beefy. Okay. Uh, in late 1969, Rambo was redeployed to Vietnam as a member of a SOG brigade, and he became part of a Special Forces Long Range Reconnaissance Patrol unit. Uh, his team code name was Baker Team. And usually consisted of eight men. In the event. That would haunt Rambo for the rest of his life. Uh, his buddy Danforth, who, if you remember from the first movie, was the was the guy's family he originally went to go see when he was hitchhiking across the U.S., right? Uh, his buddy died in his arms, uh, and that caused Rambo to basically lose it uh, and just started throwing himself into every suicide mission that he could. Uh, one such mission, uh, under a surprise attack by the NVA forces, the North Vietnamese, uh, Rambo and some of the surviving members were or captured by North Vietnamese forces near the Chinese-Vietnamese border and held at a POW camp, uh, where many American POWs were imprisoned and repeatedly tortured. Rambo's unit was decimated during the ordeal, uh, but Rambo and one other member managed to escape captivity in May of 1972. 
Man, or Rambo was immediately redeployed at his own request. At some point in his military career, he also received training in flying helicopters. Uh, Rambo finally uh, received his official military discharge in September 27, 1974. Uh, but before that, he actually was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor for saving his men uh, through the POW camp. Uh, he was taught to stay alive in the line of duty. Uh, according to Colonel Troutman, Rambo was a survivor of countless incursions behind him, enemy lines. Uh, some of his key traits, he's a master marksman. Uh, Rambo is incredibly skilled at many types of weapons, being able to use any weapons that he finds on the field, including those that he brings with him. Uh, that would include uh, AK-47s, M16s, hunting rifles, shotguns, RPGs, and various M60 variants. He's a master combatant. He's also adept at unarmed combat. Uh, he has a muscular physique, obviously a little bit smaller than Arnold, but I think he could probably take him. It's not all size uh, or some, some people say. <laughs> I've heard differently. My wife says totally different. <laughs> Sing. <laughs> uh, the main one for him is his knife mastery. So since being trained at a very young age by his Navajo elders and then continuing on throughout his military training, he has an affinity for knives, both as a weapon and as tools for, for survival. He's used his knife to create spears, makeshift torches, pass a minefield, kill numerous foes, uh, create several traps, and even utilize it as his main fight fighting implement. Uh, so his equipment that he's going to be bringing with him uh, is what he brought during uh, Rambo Part uh, First Blood Part Two. So he originally was deployed with an early MP5 9mm submachine gun and a personally handmade com combat knife that had the the little. Uh, a compass at the end, which is what everybody wanted during the 90s, right? Uh, we also removed a M60 light machine gun from a gunboat that he utilized for the majority of his fights, so he'll have that. Uh, and finally, he carried a custom compound bow with five broadhead arrows and five high-explosive tipped arrows, which really have about the same yield as an M67 hand grenade, uh, but obviously a little bit more of a range than if you were just throwing it, although, again, we're talking about somebody who can probably throw a mountain. Uh, at the very least, throw a football over the mountain like Uncle Rico. <laughs> so go, that kind of gives you a little bit of a history into the fight uh adam did you have anything you wanted to talk uh as far as these two characters before we roll into a simulated matchup so they actually have a lot of similarities um you know kind of going through you kind of realize that you know obviously rambo and dutch from predator though rambo does have the benefit of having like those eight movies to kind of understand like and kind of show off his prowess a lot more uh, now granted he never handled a one-on-one -on -one with an alien and Arnold did and Arnold won, you know, Dutch, Dutch took him out. Um, and so I'm excited to see what happens with this. I, I, my, my faith in Arnold, um, will not be swayed either way. I love, I love me some Arnold. And, um, honestly, I would, one predator movie is still better than all the Rambo movies combined. That's blasphemy. Just straight up. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> uh, so the only other thing I'll bring up, uh, Obviously, Rambo never had to fight a alien, but he did fight a hind helicopter by himself. Uh, so that's 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 <laughs> like fighting an Apache helicopter as an Apache helicopter. All right. But a hind was a hell of a lot more ruthless during the Cold War. I'll just mm -hmm. say that. Um, but the, the thing that I really wanted to hone in on was. Uh, the differences between the movies. Right. So Predator was definitely the man's man. Go out and fight amongst you know the trees against a a superior foe and hopefully the good guy wins the rambo movies up until a certain point obviously once they jumped the shark was really more about 
uh, mental health. Oh. And, and yeah, the, the first the first movie is actually quite deep and very good in filmmaking. Um, you, you're whole on right on that where they became just, you know, a caricature and it's turned into silly action where that first one is actually real strong and it makes you think. And it's actually kind of makes you feel sorry for, you know, those, those Vietnam vets who came home and had to deal with those mental issues. Yeah, everybody forgets that because it became such a, a joke. Um, that first movie has a lot of depth to it. So, yeah, I'm glad you called that out. And, and obviously this is an, an action and funny podcast, so we're not going in it on that note. We're going to talk about how Brian Dennehy finally got it at the end of, of number one. So that's <laughs> oh, yeah. really what matters. Rambo finally gets uh, the, the his PTSD gets the best of him and he just shoots himself at the end of this fight. Yeah, it's not going to happen. However, oh, okay. it's, it's always a real possibility. All right. Sure. So what we're going to do next is is take these two characters we've outlined and put them into a simulated match, um, which does not uh, go against what our mathematical and scientific model, uh, which is the very same thing as what the dynamic dual folks used, uh, which is the Monte Carlo simulation, which was made popular by the deadliest warrior uh, mm -hmm. in the early 2000s, right? Uh, so we put in their traits uh, using very, very similar to a, a normal uh, power grid of, of human traits of strength, speed, versatility. Uh, and then we have the computer run that a thousand times. Uh, but because that's no fun to actually watch or listen to on a podcast, considering it doesn't make the <laughs> noises anymore, like AOL startup, which I think we should add in. Um, <laughs> we're going to fight a simulated match. Uh, myself being uh, the part of Rambo, obviously, because I'm awesome looking, uh, and Adam, because he is the Adonis that he is, is going to be Dutch. Uh, so yeah. get ready for your with your coconut oil, coconut butter, and your lighting. Kids, this is going to be a bumpy ride. So we're going to take these two individuals and we're going to put them in a jungle setting because I think that's pretty prudent. During Predator and then Rambo 2, they fought in a very, very jungle setting central america versus asian it doesn't really matter we're going to call it a rainforest of some type uh as we outlined during our our tale of the coconut oil the equipment is the starting equipment once that equipment's gone or used can't be re-picked up uh with the exception of melee weapons so uh instead of having these guys start 50 meters apart like they do in the dynamic dual podcast we're going to say that these guys start 10 feet apart because I think that that's a lot better uh, for these two hue and juggernauts. So if you want to go ahead and start Adam, take it away. All right. So the first thing Dutch would do is look at this guy and say, you son of a bitch. And then he is going to pull up his gun ah! and just spray bullets in the direction of Rambo. So as Rambo sees this giant of a man pull up what he looks like an M16 and start to pull the depress the trigger, Rambo's already running through in his head what he's going to do. He's he's been in the situation before with with the NBA and all the other multitudes of of rent-a-cop henchmen that that they've thrown at him, and he's going to jump to one side uh, and go straight for cover. He knows his best bet in this game is going to be camouflage and the element of surprise. So he's going to dodge for cover. Uh, and once he's there, he's going to start plotting out his next move. Yeah. So as Arnold's hunting around cover is not always his first mentality. He is kind of a, 
a gun first cell. I don't want to make sure I don't confuse it with commando because commando is no cover ever. Now, of course, Dutch totally does use cover, uh, but he, you know, he gets on the prowl. He gets on the offensive. And so he's going to start hunting around, looking around, you know, uh, you're going to be hunting. And so I think, I think what he will end up doing is he's going to use the elements around him because he's, he knows what to do. He's going to, he knows how to set up traps. He's going to start tucking away and going to be start setting up his own kind of traps for Rambo. He's going to be start, you know, building up things. He's going to be kind of sharpening stuff so he can like, you know, he can't, you know, doesn't have a time to prep like a whole situation here, but he does know how to like read the jungle. And so I think he's, he's going to be um, ultimately trying to set up his own defenses. So as Dutch is doing this, uh, he's going to hear uh, the sound of something whistle right past his head and two arrows are going to stick themselves right above his head. And out from the the side, he's going to hear, you uh, you want to draw first blood? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think so. And then right beside him, one of the HE arrows is going to go off, and knocking Dutch from where he's at. Yep. All right. So, oh, damn, I, you know, I think at this point, Dutch is probably thinking that he should get to the chopper, but he's not going to do that because he knows he has to fight. And so uh, here is where he will stow. Uh, sorry, you said, did you say that once once the gun is dropped, it's done? Like if he still has it on, yeah. he can switch to if other guns. Still on right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, all right. Now it's, you know, it's close combat, you know, fairly close combat. Of course, you said 10 meters. They're trying to find other areas. Um, he's going to pull out his, his, uh, his desert Eagle. And he's going to be slowly going from tree to tree. And I think he's going to see Rambo and he's going to take a couple shots right towards him. And, you know, I, I think he probably is going to, he's going to, you know, graze. I don't know if he would hit him hard, but he's definitely going to graze him because Rambo is for sure. Wily. If there's one thing I know about him. Um, but I think he is going to draw first blood right there. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, so Rambo definitely is going to take a hit. This is a 50 caliber action express pistol. So it's not like some dinky nine millimeter round. Uh, he's not going to be able to dodge it as quick, especially if he's thinking he's setting himself up uh, to be the surprise, not to be surprised. Uh, so he's definitely going to take a graze, luck likely dropping his bow. Uh, he's going to pull his uh, MP5 as he's rolling away, letting out a blood curdling scream, not since heard, uh, a American POW camp and he's going to start spraying rounds at wherever Dutch is or was last as he rolls away. Yeah. You know, that maybe it's potential that undoubtedly something hit Dutch, but he is able to roll away. He's able to tuck himself. He rolls. He just army crawls down into this little ditch. You know, he's get himself into a corner and he's just, now he's enticing Rambo. Kill me. I'm here. Come on, kill me. That's what he's, he's, He's letting out this call to bring Rambo in close. Rambo is going to let out a gurgle as he throws his MP5, pulling out his combat knife. I'm coming for you next as he runs headlong at Dutch. Now, little does uh, Rambo know the trap that arnold was working on is exactly right here and it's a big fucking log that is gets tripped when arnold or when uh, dutch kicks it and now we've got a hurtling log heading straight towards rambo's face now i'm gonna say that he gets to dutch first because he's able to lunge it's yeah, very fair. possible that that dutch is 
trap that seems conspicuously uh, in character for him for this film uh, could hit him. So this is where we're going to end the simulated match. Uh, so either Dutch kills Rambo with a giant fucking log or Rambo guts him like a fish. I still have so many lines to say. <laughs> I, I know, I know. He didn't um, call him an ugly motherfucker. He didn't say <laughs> that he's been pushing too many pencils. And he didn't even say, what the hell are you? But I should have started with that one. But Yeah, probably should have. But that's good. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that you did your research, Adam, because that's what this is all about. We are a professional podcast here. Mm-hmm. Um, next, what I'd like to do, uh, instead of giving you the results right away, because I know that's what everyone's waiting for is your bated breath, is uh, I'd like to talk about collateral damage so if you don't know what that is it's what happens around a battle so in these action movies predator being a perfect example think of when the alien first kills hawkins and then tries to drag him into the into the brush and then there's a line of beefy dudes with machine guns mowing down this forest right uh that's going to cause some damage uh, also, uh, something like Rambo blowing up multiple huts and, and a helicopter, for example, and what that would land on. Uh, what I wanted to do was take a second and say, okay, so they, these two had their fights, right? Uh, but it's unlikely that uh, nothing would happen in this kind of fight. So uh, what I'm going to do next is give a collateral damage assessment. So um, it goes from levels one to five. One is... A basic street brawl right so the brawl itself uh uh would be you know fisticuffs uh and a level five is like nuclear armageddon is happening in the middle of a town uh so for these two combatants if you were to give them a, a level adam what would you think it would be Ooh, i mean and they're out in the jungle uh so for our collateral damage uh i will say downtown new york city it's, it's okay. pretty much every, yeah Ugh. All right, so their destructive power is pretty good with all the the big guns and the uh, grenades. I mean, it's not global thermonuclear war or anything, but I would say more, way more than I'm going to give this a at least a. I'm going to give it a three. That's what I would guess. That's not that's not too bad. Uh, so honestly, the 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 funny thing, and this is not a, a trick. The 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 geek question, obviously, is. When you're looking at grenades and what they have, it's really not that big of a deal. If you're talking about downtown New York City, right now it's like Gotham City. So really there wouldn't be much change in things just exploding cars and such. Um, So I'm going to go with like a two. Um, That's that's I'd say a little bit more realistic. But uh, if you're talking about maximum potential, there's a very real possibility. Yeah. Um, Uh, Grenades. Sorry, just a a little side tangent. So grenades absolutely work differently in movies than they do in real life now explain now it's basically just it's shrapnel like that's that's the lethality of grenades right but like Correct. in in the movie it's just big ass explosion which is totally different right because that's like c4 it, or something yeah so think about it this way it would not be near as cool if the grenade actually did what it does which is exactly what you said it it's about a half a pound of low yield explosive surrounded by a steel ball uh and its whole point is to kill people it's a personnel uh weapon uh obviously in movies if if it went the way uh, that happened. It definitely would not look as cinematic as like blowing people out of the you know 
Mipa hut that they were in six or seven deep and blowing up the hut itself. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely in there. Um, as far as as weaponry, uh, we weren't really talking about anything above uh, 7.62 caliber, so it can punch holes through walls, but it's not going to bring down a building uh, unless you were talking about the old painless minigun set on full auto for like 10 minutes uh, mm-hmm. with unlimited ammunition, which obviously both of these guys have. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so with that we'll go ahead and we'll look at the results adam who do you think won the 1000 matches between rambo and dutch so i mean both very skilled combatants i i do think the height and weight advantage obviously going to dutch on this is pretty nice though though the the knife skills get me a little bit scared for rambo uh they're comparable i would say in their tactics in in their um you know they're they're very their military intelligence it sounds like they're both pretty similar on that um but i think rambo is skilled at one versus many i think arnold or sorry dutch is more skilled versus the one versus one and so i'm going to give this one to dutch all right and according to our probabilistic model of a thousand matches the winner of the very first max destruction duel is Dutch Schaefer. Yes. At 82.5% of a thousand matches. Oh, that's a it was not even close. That does that seems a little too far, but I'll take it. So what really got them was the strength damage level uh Mm -hmm. between Dutch and and Rambo. So Dutch definitely had the strength uh and uh combat skill. Uh, edge whereas rambo definitely had like the intelligence side and the evasiveness but when we're talking about putting these two guys into a fight dutch just was way too overpowered for him uh we may uh, reintroduce these two guys at a later date as we hone this uh system in uh but if it were me and i were to have to give you my subject matter expertise it's Arnold all the way yeah baby so uh Guys, thank you for joining us for this very first podcast. Uh, it might be a little bumpy, but I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time and listening. Uh, Adam, thank you for being the guinea pig on this. Uh, obviously, you and I have done many podcasts together, and there was never a doubt that you and I would have fun with this. So yes. hopefully you had a great time. Uh, I know I did. Uh, any Anything you want to plug, anything else you want to put out before we kill this thing? Uh, I just want to mention um, doing the... Uh... Uh, like the the fake battle, the simulated battle. Um, all props to uh, Jonathan and Joseph of the uh, Dynamic Duel podcast because it's kind of tough, like bouncing off. Obviously, this is the very first podcast, so a little bit of grace, everybody. Please, you know, we haven't been doing it for like three hundred episodes, like those guys have. Um, can you know? And and I'm pretty much a one off, so it's gonna be tough to get. But it gives me a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a um respect for those two guys for what they do. They put out a. a grand content every week um and ken i'm excited for this podcast i'm excited to listen to be a a definite listener of it and of course go check out uh, the blast from our past podcast their back trivia takedown and car ride assigned Seinfeld podcast if you like the sound of my voice uh and if even if you don't go for his brother john who is definitely <laughs> the better one uh, mm. at EFOP. but i had to throw that one in there uh That's again fun. yeah definitely uh check out the dynamic dual podcast if you have found us without going through them obviously uh they, they definitely can 
crush us uh, in a simulated match, but it's only going to get better from here. Uh, so with all that being said, I'm Ken Johnson. That's Adam Spees. I uh, appreciate you guys listening, uh, and we will catch you next week. Thank you.